Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. I'm super excited that you decided to spend Sunday morning with us. We know there's a lot of places that you could be, especially on this Palm Sunday, which um, if you've been around the church for a while, you know this is the Sunday before Easter, which is our next Sunday, and we're super excited to have our second Easter together um, at Downtown Harbor Church. It's going to be an absolutely awesome day. Well, we are kind of smack dab right in the middle here of this five-week conversation discussion series called Say what? And they keep telling me I have to say it like, say what? Right? But I don't know. I'm okay at that. Like, I don't, I'm not real good at saying it that way. But really, that's how it should be said. Because what we're doing is we're taking a look at kind of like the five craziest things or the five wildest things that Jesus said. Okay? Jesus, who we believe to be the risen Messiah, that God said, I'm going to send my son into the world. And should you believe in him, uh, you are made right then with the creator of the universe. And then Jesus died and rose again. And we're going to talk about that next week. But here's the truth about Jesus, and this is so true for all of us in this room today. We can understand this, and we can comprehend this, but this is true, and I believe it with all of my heart. Jesus said some crazy stuff. He said stuff that people had never heard before. He said stuff that transformed the culture of the time. These people were so shocked by what they probably heard from Jesus during this time that they didn't even know what to think. See, because Jesus said radical stuff that was going to change everything. In fact, our world today, our country today, would not even be the way that it is unless we had listened to, unless the followers of Jesus had listened to what he said and put it into practice in their lives. world would be completely different. The stuff that Jesus said, because it was so crazy, the stuff Jesus said actually transformed humanity. Every single thing was different because of what this guy, this random guy who we didn't know who he was at the time, he was claiming to be, but he hadn't risen again yet. How could we know what this guy is talking about, right? He said some wild, wild stuff. And the first thing we talked about last week was so important for all of us to understand. This is the first thing that we said that was wild, and I think it's so key. He said this. He goes, the first shall be last. Well, what does that mean, Jesus? And if you weren't here last week, you can catch up on our website, soflowchurch.com. But Jesus, what does that mean? The first shall be last, like in line? Like, what are you talking about? And basically, we came to the conclusion that people who understand this phrase that Jesus used multiple times throughout the Scripture understood what it's like to have a life of sacrifice and service. That when you lay down your life for others, that you are actually being first, right? When you put yourself last, then you are actually first. And today, I actually think out of the five, the one that we're going to talk about today is the most crazy. Now, next week, the one we're going to talk about is Jesus said, I'm going to die and come back. So that's pretty crazy, okay? But this one today that we're actually going to talk about, I think it's the most wild out there thing that Jesus may have ever said. It might be the craziest thing that you'll ever hear because it's one of the craziest things that I've ever heard. And I'm like, I can't comprehend how to get this done or how to put this into practice in my life. But this is what Jesus said. It's the crazy thing that we're looking at this week. This is what he said. Don't worry. He looked at people who are going to be his followers, and he said, hey, don't worry. Um, and, and there's a problem here, right? Because there's always a problem. I generally say that around here. And because the problem is, is that it's human nature to worry. But Jesus said this crazy thing. He said, you know, don't, don't worry, okay? I got this, okay? And, and even though it's in your human nature, okay, don't worry. And so let me just 
kind of give you a little glimpse into my life. So I know some of you personally. Some of you I do not know as well as others yet. But I find myself on this stage really trying to be as transparent as I can so that you all can get a glimpse into who we are as a church, who I am as a guy who's just up here talking, right? Because probably if you've been in church for you know, any length of time, you guys probably think that the person on stage pretty much has it all together, right? Because they're up there instructing us, and wow, we probably got a pretty good marriage and a pretty good home life, and he's talking about this. He must not struggle with any of this stuff, okay? Especially with what we're talking about today. Well, I would like to show you something real quick, because here is my Xanax, okay? I brought it with me. And this is my, uh, this is my, uh, uh, what, what am I on? I don't even know what I'm on. Zoloft, okay? There it is. Thank you. So Zoloft, okay? See, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like losing my memory on some of it, okay? Here's the deal. It's my Zoloft and Xanax. Anybody wants one after, let me know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? Jesus, right? It's our human nature to worry, okay? But Jesus, what he does is he calls us against our human nature, he calls us against who we actually are as people. He changes everything every time that he speaks, right? And so I'll just be very blunt with you all. The number one struggle in my life, and you all have struggles in your life as well, and what's different in a struggle form for you is going to be different than what it is for me. The number one thing that I struggle with in my life is worry. It's the number one. So I stand up here and speak a message to you today that I'm actually speaking directly to myself as well. Because some of us don't deal with the same issues and the same things. But worry is an issue for me. And that's why Jesus talked about it so bluntly and actually calls us against our own human nature. Right? He calls us against our human nature and says, hey, don't worry. Now, a long time ago, when the, scriptures, when the scriptures were written, the definition of worry was a little bit more serious than it was now. In fact, the definition of worry has changed. There's this word that was used in the original translation to describe worry, and I will tell you about this word. This word actually in the original translations is translated as to strangle, right? We don't tend to think of worry as a strangle today. We tend to just go, oh, it's just a thought. Just a thought breezing through my brain. It's a worry. It's a bother. But in the original writing of the scriptures, it was actually translated as a strangle. And you know that if you struggle with worry in your life, that it is a struggle and it is a strangle and it is a battle time after time. If you struggle with panic in your life and you've ever had a panic attack, you know that it is a struggle and a strangle time after time. That's why Jesus talked about it as bluntly as he did. Because it's such a dangerous thing. And today I speak to you from experience. And I'm doing a lot better than I was at one point. But I open up my heart so that you can just see in at some level. Because I deal with this one. I deal with worry quite a bit. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. That's what he said. He said, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Thank you, God. Okay, thank you for telling me that. Let's talk about how. Okay, because all of us at some level, we worry. Okay, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. And then he makes a comparison, because this was outside, and he's just probably drawn on a comparison of the day. And then he says this, look at the birds in the air. Go ahead, look up, look at the birds. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he says something that changes everything. He says, are you not much more valuable than they 
Now, aren't you God, the creator of the universe? Jesus is standing there going, you human beings, you are much more valuable than those birds or those creatures, right? Aren't you much more valuable than they? I'm going to take, don't miss this, I'm going to take care of you. And then he says this, and every time that I read this or speak this from this stage, it smacks me smack dab in the face, and it should smack every one of us in the face. It says, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. So a lot of times when we see this and we go, oh, well, the scripture, that doesn't apply to me because, you know, he's just talking about the birds and he's about to talk about the flowers. That doesn't apply to me and what I'm dealing with up there, right? Here's what I want you to know. Don't write off the scripture because you don't see your symptom. Jesus was addressing things from a broad perspective and said, just gave an example of the time. Said, look at the birds, look up there. They're taken care of. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing in life, you're going to be taken care of too. I've taken care of them. I'm going to take care of you. Okay? So then I started to ask myself, why is there so much worry in the world? Why is there so much worry in our hearts? And I started to do some research. And I found out the answers in terms of some of the top things that people worry about. So I asked this, what are some of the top things that people worry about? And the first one is this, and I found it to be kind of mind-blowing. I thought death would be number one, but it's not. The number one thing that people worry about here on this earth is money, right? And we've talked about this around here, that you need to make wise choices related to money. You need to get a plan set up. You need to get out of debt. You need to do the right thing. You need to give to whatever you want to give to. If it's not us, we hope that you give because you need to do that in your life, and your life will be better because of it, okay? And so money is a big worry for people. Here's another one that's a big worry for people. I didn't really think about this, but it makes a lot of sense. Getting old, okay? Getting old is a big worry for people. And like, I'm 34 now, and like, I can see 40 on the horizon, so I get it. Like, anxiety is like, you know, setting in, going, I'm going to be 40, okay? Now, some of you in the room who are older than that, you're like, that kid needs to shut up, right? But here's, some people worry about getting old, Another thing that people worry about a lot, and this is so true, and this was something that I struggled with for a long time in my life, people worry about their health, okay? Let me give in like a worry and anxiety like sidebar, like an Adam tip, okay? You ready for an Adam tip? Okay, do not ever WebMD your symptoms, okay? Don't ever WebMD your symptoms because you will be dead. I don't know how long they're going to give you, but like I was dead five days. Like they were like, you're going to be gone in five days and because you Google and then you end up with this kind of cancer and this sluggy thing. And I I had everything at one point in time. I had a cancer, diabetes, I mean, you name it, I had it, right? So don't WebMD anything, okay? It's very bad. It's a very bad idea. Health, but people worry about their health especially when they start not to feel good and slowing down. And by the way, on social media, if you're on social media, one of the things that I love about social media is the connection to everybody that we have, people we wouldn't have connections with. But you want to know the one thing that I don't like about social media is I literally watch everybody I know die on social media. And you probably do too. It's always in your feed. Somebody dies. And it's like daily. And I'm like, oh, gosh, okay? So, you know, block those people. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But health is something that people worry about. And then lastly, we spend a lot of time worrying about this. We spend a lot of time worrying about relationships. Whether we're in one, and I mean a dating or marriage relationship, or we want to be in one someday, we spend a lot of time worrying about this. And one of the things that we did here at Downtown Harbor Church in the month of January is we actually had an entire series called Relationship Roulette because relationships are a gamble. 
And so if this is something that you struggle with or deal with at some level, go back and listen, because that was a really cool time for our church to be together. It was a really cool time as we talked about relationships and conflict and staying in love and what that looks like, okay? But here's what people worry about. And here's what I know about worry. From a personal experience and from talking to people who've struggled with worry, here's one of the things that I know from the bottom of my heart. When you let worry consume your thoughts, when you let worry enter into your brain, especially at a high level, and it starts to get in there and eat at you, and those thoughts starts to eat at you, when you let worry consume your thoughts, it will eventually consume your life. Don't miss that. When you let worry consume your thoughts, it will eventually consume your life. And if you struggle with worry, or maybe you know someone who's struggled with anxiety, and anxiety and depression is this like circle, this like revolving circle, one leads to the next, right? You know how true this is. It will eventually consume your life. And I believe Jesus talked about this. I believe at the end of the day, Jesus talked about this because he knew all of us worry. He knew at some level, human beings, human nature, it's in our human nature to worry, and you need to fight against your human nature, he said. But at some level, all of us worry. Whether we're a teenager in this room, or we're an adult in this room, or we're a grandparent, at some level, we struggle with this in our lives. But then Jesus went on in, in the scripture, and he said, hey, the birds aren't for you. Don't worry about it. No, I'll give you another example. Let me, let me give you another one. And why do you worry about clothes, Right? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. So he says again, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we there? Or what shall we wear? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. If we could just get this, everything would be different, right? If we could just get this, everything in our lives related to worry would be changed, right? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about what? Itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Blunt, bold words, straight from the mouth of Jesus. Blunt, bold words, directly from him to his followers, because he knew that at some level we would deal with worry. Jesus talked about this because he knew all of us worry. So then the question is, what does worry lead to? When you struggle with worry or anxiety in your life, or when I struggle with worry or anxiety in my life, what does worry lead to, right? Well, I believe that Jesus talked about this because worrying is a distraction. It leads to a distraction. Adam, a distraction about what? I mean, what kind of distraction are you talking about? When your mind is consumed with worry, do not miss this, you are distracted from the things that really matter. Jesus talked about worry because he wants us to be focused on what? What really matters. Well, what really matters? Right? At the end of the day, what really matters? If, 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 if we're talking about things that really matter, what, what really does? Well, Jesus said this. Jesus said, hey, when you understand and accept me, when you understand and accept me and turn your life in my direction, and then you've said yes to me and you are made right with the creator of the universe, you know what really matters after you've done that? You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then you need to go and you need to love your neighbor as yourself. You need to love other people. You need to make your relationships 
you know, right if they're wrong. You need to be a bright, shining light in a community that needs people. Jesus talked about that we are the light of the world. Don't put it under a bowl. But when you're so distracted with worry, you can't focus on these things that really matter. And that's so, so important. Now, allow me to just, you know, pause for a second and kind of sidebar because I have another point to make. Because so often when people hear messages like this, they go, hey, throw my arms up in the air. I don't have to worry anymore. I got no cares, no responsibilities. Let me just, you know, not worry. Don't worry about a a thing, not a single thing, right? Letting go of worry does not negate responsibility. Let Let me make a point here, okay? If you do not worry at some level about money, and I'm not saying that you should worry about it, but if you don't manage it properly, right, you're going to negate responsibility and your life's going to be a mess, right? Said, well, you know, my marriage is kind of failing. I don't have any worries in the world. Let me know how that goes, okay? You should take care of those things. We have to be responsible. The scripture is filled with these ideas of making wise decisions and putting one foot in front of the other and what that looks like. It's basically saying this, hey, just because God says not to worry doesn't mean that we shouldn't take our responsibility seriously. Don't live with reckless abandon. I've heard people come from a message like this and just go, well, no more cares for me. I'm done. Not to worry anymore. Jesus said so. Okay, but he said a lot of other things as well. So you got to get your ducks in a row. You got to take care of things in your life. Okay, letting go of worry is so key, but it does not negate responsibility. Okay. Don't you love meeting in the, like, the science museum and then like, you know, some random airplane goes off and then you're like, squirrel, okay? Because that's me. Okay, anyway. So, what's, so here's the deal, right? So what's the practical for us? Yeah, okay. Adam, I get this. I understand what you're saying, but I worry. You worry. How do we deal with this day in, day out? What's the practical for us? I'm just going to give you a couple of things that I think can be key to be, um, that you can just put into practice kind of t- almost today. We're big on, you know, at DHC, one of our core values is just hearing what you hear on Sunday and learning to put it into practice on Monday, okay? So the first one's this, and it's real simple, but it's so key. It's number one, just reflect on the scripture, okay? So the scriptures that we read today, crack those open. If you're struggling with this, even reflecting on those for any length of time can be helpful. Reflect on the scripture. That's super important. Now, I have a story to tell you, and I think that it may, uh, you may understand a little bit more about what this means and how this might work in your life if you're struggling with this. So when I struggled really bad with anxiety, probably, probably about 12 years ago, when I was struggling with it, I went to a Christian counselor to see if I could get some resolution. That was my first and last time going to a Christian counselor, going to get resolution. Maybe some of you have been there. Not saying they're bad, but it didn't work for me, Okay. And what he said was to me is that what I want you to do is take all of those verses about do not worry, about do not have anxiety, put them on note cards and put them all over your room, okay? All over your computer desk, put them on your keyboards. And so when you see it, you can be reminded that you should not have anxiety. And I was like, okay, let's try that. Maybe that's a good idea. So I did that, posted these little things all over the place, reflected on the scripture, Um, but it didn't work for me. Like, right, I went back in and I said, excuse me, boss, man, like I'm going to need something else. This is good. Like you should reflect on the scripture. And then he said something that I'll never forget. He actually said to me, he goes, well, maybe maybe you just don't have enough faith. And I said, maybe, or maybe this is just a real personal emotional struggle that I'm trying to get through and I need some help. 
And this is, a, this is a good method in reflecting on the scripture is good, but I need something else. I need something here that's going to be practical, right? Because see, I believe this about the scripture. This is something that we say around here. Yes, the scripture is all true. I believe that from cover to cover, the scripture is true and we should put it into practice in our life. I believe that. Yes, the scripture is true. But the scripture does not teach us everything we need to know about life. That is why God created scientists. That is why God created doctors. That is why God created people who are a lot smarter than me and who have developed programs and things that you can go through to very practically help with some of this, right? And so those things were what I needed. So I ended up going to a different person and sitting and talking. And I'll never forget what the next person that I talked to, who happened to be a Christian, but she wasn't practicing Christian therapy, shall we say. She said to me, she goes, Adam, hearing your story from your earliest memories as a very, very young kid, you lived in an environment which would create anxiety in anyone. Why would you think that that would change as an adult? Now we just have to figure out how to deal with it and how to manage it. And that changed my perspective because for, not, for once I didn't hear that I didn't have enough faith because I had faith in Jesus. I was following after him step by step, but this wasn't working for me. And so I started to do some practical things in my life, like to get it done, right? And so if you're there and that's something that you're doing, a couple of things that you can do that I think are so positive, let me just give you one. I listen to anxiety podcasts, right? And there's a lot of them. There's like, you know, Dr. Bill, there's, you know, Marcy, there's, I mean, there's, how many of them, just Google them, like they're everywhere, right? But there's some cool stuff in there, right? It's not based in the scripture, but that's okay. I mean, because the scripture, even though it's all true, doesn't teach us everything we need to know about life. There are other things that you can do to help. And one of the things that helped me when I was dealing with worry or negative thoughts was this. I'm going to put up this picture, okay? So if you've, if you've ever been around mountains, which probably most of us at some point in our life have, you've seen that around mountains kind of hover clouds, and clouds kind of move quickly past the mountains when they're up there, faster than any clouds that I've ever seen move. And one time, when I was listening to a podcast, a woman who was leading the podcast said, hey, think of your thoughts like those worrisome thoughts that come into your mind. Think of it just like you see a cloud passing by a mountain. It's there one minute and gone the next. And it's become something else. Don't give it any weight. Don't marinate on it. Don't think about it too much. It's just a thought. It's leaving your mind. It's just passing right by the mountain. Kind of felt like Bob Ross was doing that podcast. You know Bob Ross, that painter, right? The Happy Trees guy. I felt, that's how I felt when I was listening to that one. And then I actually kind of, I think I went home after that and watched him on Hulu, binged Bob Ross on Hulu. Like who, would, who's not, who doesn't love to binge watch Bob Ross on Hulu, okay? But here's what this means, okay? My wife came home one day from work and she's like, are you really watching Bob Ross again? I was like, yeah, and the Golden Girls. Go away. That's what I like, Okay. They're great, but here's what this means, right? This is what they were trying to tell us to do. Here's the deal. This is what we were to do. We were to take our thoughts captive. We were to take our thoughts captive, meaning that what we are to do is to own our own thoughts because we can, and it takes time, and it takes training, and you're not going to get it right every time, but because Jesus spoke about it so strongly, when we worry, and worrying is normal, that's why he talked about it. We have to figure out how to take our thoughts captive and then manage them in our own mind. And for some of you, for some of you, your situation is severe. And I know because there was a point in time years ago where I felt like my situation was severe, where I just worried and worried and couldn't get out of my mind. 
And sometimes we get to a point in our life where we have to do something like this. And some of us don't want to because we're embarrassed, right? You might need to talk with someone about worry. You might need to talk with someone about worry. It might be time to sit across the table from a professional and go, I deal with this in my life, and this is unhealthy, and i got to figure out how to get it done. Maybe you're a person who doesn't deal with worry in this room, and you're great. That's awesome. I'm going to address you in a second because i got some words for you, okay? But here's the deal. Some of us in this room, we might actually need to sit across from somebody and go, listen, I need to talk to somebody. But a lot of times, we're prideful, and we're scared to admit that we need help. We're scared to admit that that might be a wise thing to do. I understand that. Because it's not easy to admit, hey, I'm going to counseling or I'm sitting across from somebody and having a conversation. But I truly believe that in every person's life, it might be the best thing that you can do if you are there. So go ahead and talk with someone about worry if you need to. And then the last one, which is so important and the key to all of it, why God talks about this in the scripture the way that he does. We have to understand something. We have to understand that God's got it. He's got it. In ways that we won't understand or imagine, we can ever probably never grasp this or put our minds around it because he's the ever-present creator of the universe and bigger than we are, yet we have to understand at some point that God's God and we're not. And he's got this. Those are the promises he made to us. Those are the promises he made to us, especially through the life of Jesus. And when we understand that at the end of the day, God's writing a bigger story of restoration and redemption through our lives that people before us have not understood, people after us are not going to understand, it makes it just easier day by day. Understand that God's got it. And I don't even know what that means, which is why we're all here doing this together. But I do know that it's true. And I have faith that it's true. Based on his word, based on Jesus' life, and based on what I've seen him do through the lives of other people, I know that God's got it. And that's a tough thing to remember when you are in the gutter. And it's hard. In Psalm 94, 19, it says this, When anxiety was great within me, you, God, your consultation brought me joy. Philippians 4, 6, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It just gives me hope. It gives me hope that we don't have to do this alone. That if we let him, there's a big God by our side that we can lean on time and time again. Because we want to focus on what really matters. See, let me tell you this. Jesus taught us not to worry because he knew it distracted us from what really matters. Getting out there in our communities, loving our neighbors as ourselves, having fantastic marriages, meeting new people, going out with others and engaging with them right where they're at. Jesus taught us not to worry because he knew it distracted us from what really matters. So, like, if you don't worry, you're not a worrier, I am, like, so excited for you and happy for you. Because those of us who are understand how great it is, and we would like to be like that. My wife is like that. So um, some of you know Caitlin. If you don't, she's downstairs working with preschoolers right now, and she is as calm like as you can be, right? I mean, that's probably why I married her, because she needed somebody to, you know, offset this nut, right? But she's as calm as she can be. And, I, and she's an emergency room trauma nurse. Like she, I mean, watches people die right in front of her, right? And I said to her one day, I said, hey, you ever think about death? And she goes, no. 
I said, what kind of a person are you? I said, God, what is wrong with you? I said, she's like, I just never think about it. And I was like, never? She goes, no, never. She goes, remember those clouds you told me about? That's what that is for me. She goes, you should try that sometime again. And then I said, she goes, well, how often do you think about it? I said, I don't know, every eight and a half minutes? I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure, not really that much, but so funny is because when we're focused there and we're focused on our worries, we know that it distracts us from what really matters. And we don't want to be distracted. We want to have amazing, awesome lives following after God and helping to change our city. And worry is a huge part of that for some of us. So I'm just challenging you today like I challenged myself. If that's you, it's time to get it fixed. We can work together on it with God by our side. It's time to get it fixed. Let's get it done. And at Downtown Harbor Church, we want to be a community where people can bring everything they got and just lay it right here so we can all get in this game together. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for who you are. I'm personally so thankful that you not only gave your life for us, but that you instructed us on how we should live here and now. And do not worry was a big part of that. And for a lot of us in this room, stories I know and stories I don't, we know that worry impacts our hearts and minds. And so, God, would you please bless us? Would you please guide us? If someone's struggling today, I pray that they would get help. They would reach out to us. They would reach out to someone who cares so that they could understand how to conquer this in their life and begin following after you. God, I pray for my own self right now that you would invade my heart again and help me to deal with this one specific issue. And Lord, we love you so much. We lay this at your feet. We want to do this to the best of our ability so that we can serve others and serve you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.